Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, The Big Show, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded in our car. And we're up on the Iowa-Missouri border. We're right at the border. We're about to we're about to cross into Iowa. <sighs> Exciting. <sighs> hey. That makes me... Let me, uh, let me uh, ask you to do something. Yeah. Let me ask you, you wrote a, you wrote a little article about this, just, and it, we published it a couple of days ago. It's yes. kind of, kind of a cute little article. Uh, I want you to talk about, you went out to the place a couple nights ago. You spent a, a nice, quiet, peaceful night out at the place, enjoying the serenity <laughs> of nature. Yeah. Is I'm that true? people who call it that. Haven't spent a whole lot of time out. Now, it's, except in the dead of winter, it's never really quiet. At the place. Even then. Because I have, yeah, even then. Because there are a lot of neighbors. And the neighbors are loud. I'm not talking about people neighbors being loud. I'm talking about, my golly, we've got a lot of tree frogs. And the bullfrogs are starting to sing this time of year. And the whippoorwills are always going through the uh, warmer months. And the owls and the coyotes. Um, there was a doe who had lost her fawn and was huffing trying to find her da- her fawn. So that, that sort of thing is pretty common. So quiet is not how I would describe it. But when you're there and dusk is starting to fall and you start hearing this loud and menacing growling coming from the woods just behind the cabin. And after... A bit of that, something starts screaming, sounding almost like a small child, although I could tell it wasn't. And not just one scream either, but breath after breath after breath of screams. Five, six, seven screams. And then there's this giant outbreak of thrashing in the woods, and small limbs start raining down in the woods back there, and things are crashing around. And I was thinking, yeah, you know, if this was a Halloween movie, I'd just pick up my flashlight and walk out there in the woods and see what was going on. Yeah, but no, I elected not to do that. But I was watching out the window when the uh, pair of raccoons, one clearly in hot pursuit of the other, came streaking across the clearing, went down the hill by the pond, and then the screaming started up again and kept going for a solid minute. There was uh, serious raccoon drama going on. But what? why we bring that up is because in my family, when we went camping, we had a tradition. And the tradition was the very first night of the camp out. We would build a campfire, and we would make s'mores, and we would pig out on s'mores. Clean out the marshmallows. Clean out the marshmallows, because there was at least a 75% chance that whether we ate them all or not, 0% of the marshmallows would survive till night two, because raccoons love marshmallows. We're not talking about love. We're talking about obsessive, compulsive, give it to me or else love it is i will tear through anything that is not metal and it had better be fairly thick metal if you expect it to stop me also keep in mind that i am good with latches (laughs) and i'm very clever and i can't be trusted not to be hiding in the tree behind you watching you turn the padlock so i can open the padlock later you're talking about some pretty they don't call them trash pandas for nothing (laughs) because these things are i mean They'll get into anything. Oh, on a related note, we also lost a some, not a lot, because we most of it is more carefully stored. But we lost some of our long-term food stores last winter when some mice got into the house 
and they were undetected for a while. Yeah, we don't we don't normally have a mice problem, but we did last winter. It was the first time in thirty years, but we had several get in. And of course, you know what happens when mice get in? Yeah, we had uh, the emergency rations in the uh, bug out bag that was in the front room. Yeah, ready to go. Uh, we had a mouse nest in there. Yeah. Mouse got they, in they it. chewed in there and chewed into the rations. And, and they just stayed in there because they yeah, didn't have they to did. go anywhere. They just <laughs> hey, we can nest in these nice warm clothes that are stored in this bag. <laughs> and we got the food supply right here in this bag. If we get thirsty, we could probably chew through these water containers, too. <laughs> yeah, so we ended up we'll having a mess. And, of course, we got that cleaned up once we, once we realized what it was. Fortunately, we didn't get in there and find a bunch of pinkies. Ew, that would have been gross, but... Um, pinkies are what you call baby mice, guys. Yeah, so... Anyway, long story short, pests in your food is a real deal, especially when you're out and you're camping or bugging out. You know, I don't see, I see a lot of people have these fantastic bug out bags full of all this great bug out gear, and they have nothing for food security in them. Absolutely nothing. I had illusions once upon a time that since my clearly couldn't smell anything through those thick plastic envelopes of MREs, that the food inside those envelopes would be safe. The mice disabused me of that. They apparently will chew through some things just on speculation to see if there's anything cool in there. Right. Because they chewed into some of those as well. So not only is it badly packed food, but food that is well-contained, but still could be chewed through, is not safe. Right, so, you know, basically you're talking metal containers or hard plastic containers. Five-gallon buckets. I've never seen a five-gallon bucket chewed through, but I know rats will do it. They can do it, yeah. Generally not mice, but rats will. I've seen smaller plastic containers, thinner plastic containers, chewed through easily. But I'm more, we're more talking about the camping bug-out type type situation. Yeah. How? What are you going to do? What are your plans to store whatever food you're taking with you? So... Okay, what are some answers? Uh, Metal. <laughs> what they do in bear country is important. Yeah. Bear country, yes. Uh, in bear country, people who are hiking in bear country, they can't afford a lot of heavy metal things to carry their food in because they're humping everything on, and on their backs. But they will uh, take some rope so they can sling a rope over a tree branch that is sufficiently high off the ground. Bears can reach. They've got a good reach and they've got a little bit of jump and they'll do it. So you can haul the whole bag up well out of reach of the critter using the uh, rope and the tree limb as a pulley. And you put that fairly far away from your camp so if it fails, you don't have an annoyed bear right there with you. Right. Now, there's a story uh, in, in one of the most interesting books I've ever read, Death in Yellowstone. Very fascinating book. Give you a chance to read that book, especially if you're ever going to Yellowstone. We'd get you in a, get you another copy of that. Because you're going out to Yellowstone. Well, we may have it in the back. I'll, I'll look okay, for it. That's a good book. Um, it, it talks about all the really stupid ways people have died. Yeah. You know, it leaves out things like auto accidents generally, unless they're really interesting ones. Like driving off the cliff. Yeah, like backing off. But it leaves those out. But one of the ones that, that uh, now, not everybody, I don't know if the woman was actually died from the bear attack or if she was just critically she disappeared. Um, she was... Uh, feeding a black bear. Oh, no, she was... Hmm? That one was just injured, I was thinking. Yeah, she was feeding a black bear, which is a bad idea. A candy. And she, you know, the bear would get up on its hind legs and she'd give it a candy, and the bear would get up on its hind legs and she'd give it a candy, and then she got to the end, okay, no more. And the bear didn't understand, okay, no more. 
This is a good potter so slightly, like like a dog potter, will, like pawing, you know, like a dog like would paw you. Except for this it's is a bear. A bear. <laughs> it has got bear claws, and it shredded her. It shredded her all down the front of her her bod because it didn't understand. There's no more candy, which makes that book actually a bodice ripper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's true. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of morals to be learned. Don't jump in boiling water, even if your dog already did and is getting cooked. For Jumping in will not save the dog. Don't well, go hot potting unless you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean exactly what Hot potting is using a thermal feature for a hot tub. It's generally a really, really poor idea. The staff does it all the time, apparently. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, the other the story I was thinking of was the woman who was careful about most of her food supply, but she apparently forgot that she had started to eat a candy bar earlier in the day. And she had a soiled candy bar wrapper. Oh yeah, in her in, pocket. In her, in and, a pocket, and she in slept the in the tent. And the rest of the food supply was safely up in a tree, thirty yards from her tent. But her tent had been opened by the bear, and everything was mangled, and pieces of the woman were found, and that was pretty much all. And the only thing they could find that could have attracted the bear was the soiled wrapper, uh, some toothpastes, and other personal products especially the sweet-smelling ones, will also serve as bear attractants. And if they can attract bears, they're liable to attract things like um, raccoons and opossums. Uh, Wild mice don't tend to get into your things immediately. But if it's a bug-out situation, you may well have a bunch of feral animals running around that are used to people and hungry, like dogs that people haven't been feeding and cats they haven't been feeding. Those guys are going to be a real risk, too. Feral dogs get to be a real problem in a hurry. Yeah, to me... One of the best bug out items you could have if you're going to bug out would be if you can do it. Now, it's not legal everywhere and it's a pain in the butt to do. I get that. But a, a um, silenced 22 pistol for dealing with feral dogs. Because you don't want to wake up the whole world, but a subsonic round of 22 will finish off most dogs. By the time you need to shoot them, yes, because that usually means they're right there in your face. But that might, that's, I suspect that. That's going to be a problem. I mean, you're going to have feral dogs in your face. I'm convinced it's going to be a problem because out in the country especially, dogs are usually allowed to run around outside. And they are a risk to casual passers-by even if they are being fed regularly because they are possessive about their territory. I got bitten by one last week walking a a gravel road. Yeah. You got what? I got bitten by a dog last week walking on a gravel road. You didn't tell me this. Yeah, it didn't break the skin. And if it had tried to get more serious about it, it would have become a football because it was a small dog. But it darted in from behind and bit my heel when I was dealing with the rest of the pack. I was talking down the rest of the pack, and that was going well, but this little terrier jerk jumped in from behind and bit the heel of my foot. But it didn't get you? Nah, it didn't break anything. didn't break any skin. Uh, But it's an example that feral dogs will be a problem because they are mostly not contained. And they usually are come in threes, fours, fives out in the rural areas. And if they're not being fed, they know people have food. And they're not going to be afraid of you. And they won't necessarily be driven off by, by you being nice and commanding either. So, yeah. So, having some way to protect food. The foil packaging like they have for the backpackers envelope things, that is a not bad situation. It could be chewed through in time, but at least it doesn't smell like food. But I wouldn't take a half-eaten container and try and keep it in a camp with me overnight. Right. Now, 
another another thing to deal with, not only just the, the big animals, but the small animals too, insects. Yeah. Insects will be, you know, pe- people don't really pay attention to insects, but as long as something's sealed, like those backpacker pantry things, for example, ah, insects are not going to bother that. Yeah. Not short term. Oh, by the way, when you're hanging stuff from tall things to keep the big mammals away from it, be aware the small mammals can and will climb down ropes to get to sure. it. Sure. You know, those raccoons. <laughs> Rope? Eh, no problem. <laughs> yeah, that'd probably undo the knot. And, you know, so, I, I've seen him handle some fairly serious latches. Moral honestly. of our story so far is just don't bug out with marshmallows. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. Marshmallows are not happening as a bug out food. I've had okay? raccoons steal cooked pork steaks off the grill where they were left to keep, to keep warm, wrapped in aluminum foil. And they snagged them off the grill and tore open the aluminum foil and got to them. I've had raccoons. We used to bury fish in aluminum foil and do the long-term bake, you know, put them over coals and bake them that way. Oh, boy, you talk about a good way to eat fish. Yeah. Ah, raccoons will good take stuff. them up while the fire is still in there. They know it- if they come in from the side a little bit. You know, they're not going to get burned. They're okay with that. <sighs> so think about how you're going to carry your stuff. If at all possible, do it in containers that won't leave any scent on the outside. Be very careful about washing your hands when you're putting your uh, food away so you don't have food residue on your hands that you're handling other packages with because that will attract things and then they'll chew through the containers to see what they can find. So cleanliness that way is important. And if you are hiking in bear country or bugging out in bear country, you really, really need to have some protection of some kind. If it's just bear spray or whatever, you need to have something. Yeah, don't try your silence 22 on a bear, guys. I don't like your chances. All you're going to do is make it mad. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you're going to be carrying a gun in bear country, you start at 10 and go on up from there. Okay? Make sure it's big enough that it's actually going to stop the bear. Uh, or, or just buy a deterrent or buy something that's going to kill it. Don't go in between. And don't do stupid things. Don't hang out. Don't camp near a near a dump. Don't camp near a dumpster. Be very thoughtful about game trails. If you're on a game trail, you can get you get a lot more traffic through your camp. Uh, one of my tree containers, I, I mow a, a lane so I can get to my trees at the place so I can tend them. And the deer use those trails all the time. One of them apparently wandered into one of my fences and mangled the fence, getting caught up in it. Stupid beast. Yeah. They're beautiful, but they're stupid. Yeah. And it's because it was right on a game trail. When those raccoons took off across the clearing the other day, they were following their game trail. And if something had been in the game trail that they hadn't expected, they just tore at faster than I knew a raccoon could run right through the spot where I would normally set my tent if I was going to tent camp out there. Yeah, no, we, Sometimes I do that to catch a better breeze. We have a bunch of, of trail cameras. We put our trail cameras out. And <laughs> half of what we got, three quarters of, of the pictures I get are raccoons on the, on the stupid game trail. So it's just something I've never seen somebody talking about is how to make sure you protect your food supplies, first and foremost. And if you are somewhere where you don't want to have to have an argument with the animal over the food, like bear country, then make sure you have a way to put the food somewhere where if the animal does go for it, you're not going to be in the way and you're not going to be seen as a competitor for that food at that moment. Because that'll get you killed in some cases. And don't be like that woman I just passed on this road. Driving down the highway with three of the four wheels being donut, temporary donut tires. Don't do that. Yeah, because donuts probably a pack 
attract raccoons, right? <laughs> <sighs> Everything I, I'd right. go with little foil packages whenever possible. Yes, foil packages. I would uh, be very, hand, very, very careful about hand washing when handling food packages. I would think something like a uh, vacuum-packed uh, plastic would be okay, like a Mylar-type plastic. If, but if you're very careful about not getting food around the rim... Or you wash the rim after it's been sealed. Or just that will wash help the whole thing. Yeah, just the whole thing. And yeah. I have tomatoes back there. Any tomatoes? Seems to be tomato season. Yeah, and mine aren't ripe yet. So I'm eating them. So, uh, we good? We're good. Protect your food. In-season produce. You want to go back or you good? Uh, I'm good. Okay. And there's the, there's the place I'd buy, right? So, um, we'll catch you later. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you the next time. And, again, what's the motto? Absolutely no. No marshmallows. Marshmallow. All right.